This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, Robin's Review. Unbeaten in four, a successful Christmas period, controlled in the main last night in Birmingham, but couldn't punish a struggling side who offered little threat. Shame we didn't bounce around as I was bloody freezing. Lee's three words were Birmingham bus blocker. Birmingham parked the bus in an effort to stop their recent poor run of results and sadly succeeded. City couldn't find the pace or guile of recent performances to break the deadlock. Had Anis taken one of two great-headed opportunities in the first half, would likely have been the convincing victory many were expecting over Watford. Great to see Naki get 45 minutes. Competition starting to return in all positions over the pitch. And Matt, that is a pretty good summary, really. We um, we, we controlled in the main, um, played some really good football, but just didn't have that cutting edge. Yeah, morning, mate. Um, yes, it, it, it was... Uh, I'm, I've kind of reflected a little bit, as you as you know, walking out last night was a little bit um, downbeat, but but more so because I genuinely felt it was two points lost. I thought Birmingham were there for the taking, clearly a side low on confidence. Wayne Rooney came out and admitted that they set up for a clean sheet, um, not necessarily that they didn't want to put, you know, didn't want to win, but set up for a clean sheet. And that's the way it played them. And we just, we couldn't break them down. Although, you know, as we said, Anis had a couple of good opportunities. Andy Vyman had a good opportunity. Um, but I think it's just the euphoria of the wins against Hull, Sunderland, and especially Watford. And then the way that the game panned out last night, it, you know, like, like the players, I think a lot of fans were disappointed. But in the cold light of day, you know, 10 points from 12 over a, a really difficult Christmas period is is really good. Um, but it just felt like two points dropped. It just shows football though, Matt, doesn't it? We get those three wins. Everyone's buoyant, expects to win. And when you expect to win, especially against a team that's struggling, it, it just makes it all the more harder to accept. But nonetheless, it's a clean sheet and a draw. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it going up in the car, didn't we? That it's probably one of the only times this season where I do genuinely think the majority of our fan base expected us to win last night. Um, and, you know, Birmingham set up to be defensive. They defended very well. Um, I don't think we had a single shot on target. Um, so, you know, they, they achieved what they wanted. Um, but yeah, as you say, I mean, the, the championship's a tough league. We say it week in, week out on this podcast. Um, there's no one's got a divine right to beat anybody. But it just felt if we'd have been probably even 50% on our game like we were at Watford, we'd probably come away with a win last night. Um, but what I will say, although, as I say, I was disappointed in terms of what we were playing against and we didn't come away with the win. To hear some of our fans booing, it's like, check your heads. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't know what some fans expect. I really don't. And maybe, maybe that's the modern era now um, and some of the youngsters. But... 
not for me. You know, you can't boo a team that put in a huge amount of effort last night. Nobody could say any different. We just lacked a little bit of quality where it counted. Yeah. Let's bring Rob in. Um, Rob, your thoughts on the game last night? Just reflecting on what Matt and I have said. For me, it, it felt like we were a team up the top end of the table, um, but it was just the fact that we couldn't convert a chance. Yeah, I think, um, good morning. Um, I think really it's one of those that you're going to get a reality check and that's that's what that, that game was. We've had some fantastic results recently. Uh, we can all see what Liam Manning's trying to do. We can see in many of the interviews that the players are definitely buying into it and, and enjoying being developed and coached to be sort of playing more front foot, positive football, passing football. So I think everything is aligning well, but, you know, you've got to be realistic that it's not going to be a smooth journey at all times. Uh, the fact that you get this, let, let's call it a blip, but... I don't I don't mean that to be disparaging really but it it was an average performance probably last night Matt's already alluded to the fact that it just lacked that extra bit of zip and creativity last night but I think we know and I think that's what Manning's coming into he's he's basically going to work out what he can get from the players he's got and then also work out where strengthening needs to happen. And I think, I don't think there'll be any surprises last night, um, but I do think he will recognise that we need extra creativity and cut and thrust in attack. Uh, but I don't necessarily mean a centre forward. I think as the rumours sort of back up, I think it's an attacking midfielder who can break the lines play some killer passes in and then we'll find out if we need to strengthen actual strikers. It'll be interesting to see what happens in terms of personnel because, you know, the the starting 11 was, was strong last night. On the bench, you had some experienced professionals um, as well as a mixture of youth. And you've got McCrory coming back, Atkinson coming back, um, you know, Andy Kane, Carl Naismith. So there's... There's a good squad build in there. Add in a two, two or three more can only add to that, and uh, it will it will help reflect the two players for every position and different options and things like that. The striking position, you know, is an interesting one because effectively we're playing one striker. If we buy another striker, that's adding to the to a list of already four, if you like. So it's going to be very interesting to to see what happens. And I was chatting to to Matt Rob about the formation last night and the fact that we're playing this four two three one. Um, and you've got Cam Pring, who in an in an attacking, um, you know, on, in in possession, he's bombing on. George Tanner's tucking in to make it a back three, and that forces you know Mametti to almost have a bit of like a a free role because Sykes is playing the, you know, the they're on the right side. Cam Pring's playing on the left hand side, and a number of the times last night, Mametti was it either inside or just sort of almost over, you know, passed over if you like. Yeah, and, and I think that, that, again, reflects what we see um, on the TV, you know, on, on Sky with premiership teams. This, this is what they call the sort of inverted fullback. Uh, Man City have tried it with Stones. You've got uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold doing it with Liverpool. So it, it seems to be quite in vogue. And, and let's be honest, Pring does offer an attacking threat and presence. So why not? Uh, whereas Tanner naturally doesn't. So. 
I think it's it's the right way for us to do it. Whether if and when McCrory comes back in and he's deemed to be a stronger alternative than Tanner because of an attacking threat, maybe it becomes more balanced again. But whilst we're playing Pring and Tanner, it makes every sense of Pring to advance and have that flexibility for Tanner to tuck in, at, like you say, almost as a, a back three. So I think Manning is very keen on having that fluidity. And I think he stressed it quite a lot in his interviews that he doesn't want to get pinned down to a, a rigid formation. Yeah. Um, and a new segment on the podcast, What's the Story, Ross McCrory, Matt? Um, Rumours on Robin's TV last night that he's going to be back within two weeks. Yeah, I guess they'll want a couple of um, under-21 games or behind-closed-door friendlies or something, maybe even 11 v 11 within the club. Mm. Um, but he, he needs some game time. Um, and I think, as, as Rob said, he, he would give you that more attacking intent from that side if he plays in that um, that George Tanner position. I really like George. Um, I've said on it time and time again about him being really, really good defensively. Um, he doesn't do enough going forward for me. Um, and that isn't about, you know, Pring's gone, so he's got to keep his shape in, and sit into the three. Um, it's when he gets the ball and when Mark Sykes has got the ball. There was a, a, a moment last night in the first half where Sykes got the ball and he's literally imploring Tanner to go beyond him and George doesn't. Um, and when George gets the ball, even and you know it's a bugbear of mine, but even from free kicks on the halfway line, he doesn't even look at a forward pass. Doesn't even see have I got an option for a quick sort of pass here, or is there a runner that's gone there? His first thought is to play it back to Zach Viner. Now that might that might be coached. He might be told to do that. I don't know. Um, I struggle to believe that's the case because, as I say, surely you look at what's in front of you. And then decide, all right, I haven't got an option, then I'll go back. So I get a little bit frustrated with George at times from that point of view. But you, you, you can't knock his defensive play. But I think McCrory gives you a different option. And that might be horses for courses. You know, you might play a top team and think, I want to be more defensive on that side. In as you say, Patch, can bombing on, we'll, we'll keep sort of that shape on the right-hand side. And in other games, you might even, I mean, when Hayden Roberts comes back, Roberts is a different style to bring in. He's more of a footballing kind of left-hand side than, than Cam, who's a bit more, and I'm not saying Cam's not a, a footballer, but a bit more blood and thunder, isn't he? So it, it gives us those options. But, um, you know, if Sykes is not on his absolute top of his game, then we struggle to get anything from that right-hand side. So, when Rob, when McQuarrie does come back into the fold, and if he does slot into the position that George Tanner's holding, do you see it working on both sides where Ross bombs on, Cam tucks into the three, and, and vice versa, and then effectively Sykes is either moving inside with Ross overlapping? Is that how you see it working? Yeah, 100%. Um, so, I think I think the thing with um, Tanner is, is probably more of a personal belief in where his strengths are um, because there was something I picked up from uh, an interview with Dickie in the, the pre, pre-press before the game. Um, and he was talking about uh, himself carrying the ball forward and under the current coaching, he is expecting players ahead of him to create two or three passing options. 
So you would assume that, you know, that's that's across the pitch and therefore Tanner should have two or three passing options. So the fact he's not taking them, it might be purely the fact that he doesn't have the same belief or instinct to go forward and maybe that's the, the bit holding him back. And he, he, he might feel, well, do you know what? Zach Viner's going to be better with the ball than I am. And it, and it could be a, you know, just might I don't, be a little bit down don't to dis- belief. Don't, yeah, don't dispute that, Rob, but I, th- I think as a professional footballer, you've got to be able to know that you can pass the ball forward and at yeah, least, l- least look to see if there's an opportunity. If you yeah. get a, a free kick on the halfway line and sometimes in the opposition half on the halfway line and you don't even look to see if I've got a pass into midfield, he looks to go back. Yeah. That's the bit I struggle with. Um, yeah, as I said, I and I like it, George. I'm not. A, you yeah, know, it I think like it, I'm, I'm kicking him. I'm not. But no, I, I mean, he got think he is still he is still young, and maybe it's just belief. And and played a maybe, lot of championship games, NATO Rob. Yeah, he has, he has. But as I said, he, he his his primary, you know, and sometimes we knock defenders for not doing the basics. He he's the other way around, isn't he? He oh, he's he a defender, def- absolutely yeah. defender first. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and it and it is only the fact that in in today's game we expect more out of defenders. But if you look at someone throwing it right back, and no pun intended, um if you look at Andy Llewellyn, now Andy Llewellyn had no attacking verve in his his body at all, but he was a bloody good defender. And and that was his primary. Yeah, I I remember Andy Llewellyn different. Andy Llewellyn used to bomb on for me, um, mm. not not necessarily saying he had the ability. But again, I don't I don't I don't want to get overly hung up on it. I just felt last night they were they were susceptible for us to get at them, and I felt we could have done that on both sides. Um, we we may even find that Ross McQuarrie is deployed in like a, a yeah a Joe Williams or a TGH. Yeah. Role. Absolutely. Uh, so it remains to be seen. But um... although, although Patch on on Robin's TV last night, mm. um, I did catch him saying that he thinks his position is right. Yeah. Okay. I think he said before, right, either right of the three, or is that that mm. right sort of back kind of position? Okay. But your point about the striker patch and the striking side of things, I know, I know that Jason Knight is kind of taking up that that second attacking central position at times but he's not a striker yes he gets forward yes he creates chances yes he has shots but you know you, you absolutely wouldn't class Jason Knight as a striker um and I I think last night had we had a a Famara in his pomp last night maybe even a, a codger but a, a, a striker with a bit of a physical presence, and I know Codger wasn't the same as Famara, but a bit of a physical presence, that might have been slightly different last night because not, neither Naki or Tommy are going to win balls in the air and and actually neither are the greatest at holding up. Naki better than Tommy and, and playing players in. So I do think a striking option in the window of that kind of, I, I'll use that Liam Delap type role. I think that Liam Delap is an excellent player. Or Hurst or... Is it Broadhead from Ipswich? Those two, you know, two two youngsters that they got in. So that that's the kind of option I think we're missing. A key for more. We talked about it last time. Um, and again, there are games then where you can change the way that your style that you're trying to play. Um, and I think you get better at a ninety coming back from midfield. 
yeah so i it's interesting you say that because i i think if you had one signing because i totally agree with matt on having a different dynamic as a sent forward but I, i'm from what i'm seeing and what i'm hearing i have a feeling that the missing piece is more if you had one signing only I think it'd be more a number 10 type role. And then what I think would happen is at night, his natural position is probably the standard central midfielder. Not defensive, not attacking, just an all-round central midfield. Let's say, comparing to someone like a Gerrard, right? You you wouldn't ever say he was either one or the other. He was just an all-round, a, a solid yeah. all-rounder. Right, and I think... That model, yeah. I, yeah, I think... I think Knight's filling a position that we need to fill with a specialist. He is yeah. not that specialist, but he's still a good player. So I, I think it would come down to, if you signed a 10, um, funny enough, I'm not sure I see Matty James in this equation, and I'm getting a feeling that Matty James was Pearson's man, but I don't think he's going to be Liam Manning's man. So I think what you'll end up with is a, a two from three, from Williams, Knight and TGH as your two standard midfielders and then a number 10 specialist. And I think that might unlock Mometti or Bell and and Sykes and the centre forward. I think it's almost like the hired help that the, the number nine, whoever it is, needs just someone who is more natural at linking up with the centre forward. Mm. Knight, as I said, Knight's been fantastic. I think wherever you put him, you're going to get a good shift out of him. Yeah. But it's not his natural role. It's interesting, Rob, because I think that, and I've not I've not looked a lot into him, but Adam Murphy, the, the young lad from St. Patrick's that they're talking about, I think he's potentially that kind of 10. I don't know, and, and I absolutely hope we sign him, but I don't know that he's a signing for this season and maybe even next season because it's a hell of a step up. So you're right, yeah. I do think... You know, it's that that missing. And, you know, we had Antoine Semenya last year who, if Antoine was in this team playing that central role, it, it would work because he's got, A, got the pace, but he's got that physicality as well. Uh, and I think that's what we meet, meet, miss. But I, I absolutely, Rob, in terms of Matty James, um, I've kind of probably changed my view on who probably gets contracts in the summer and stuff. And, you know, I've seen a, a few people comment on Joe Williams, who was outstanding again last night for me. For, for me, head and shoulders, the best player on the pitch. Um, and yet I wouldn't have been offering Joe Williams a contract probably a month, six weeks ago. Matty James, I probably would. And it's probably flipped because when you see the legs in the midfield now, and even I thought Liam Manning made the wrong decision last night, taking Joe Williams off and not TGH. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Matty James came on, he really struggled to get into the pace of the game. Yeah. Um, and the, again, the legs weren't there. So I don't know. I, I probably would still be offering maybe a year because you want Patch's point about the squad and two players, etc., and the experience he brings. There's also an element of my heart over my head on that. So yeah. you know, if you're gonna be if you're gonna be cruel to be kind almost, it, that's the area, isn't it? You want legs in that middle. You've seen it with TGH, you've seen it with Knight when he sort of plays there, and especially the last two games, you've seen it with Joe Williams. So I think yeah. I think it's a clean uh, rip the band-aid off if, if yeah. it were me. I think I think as I said, I think 
Matty, Matty James has, has represented Pearson very well. Yeah. We are now in a different era. You are right to be thinking, you know, Williams and James both are up for renewal. I wouldn't be carrying both forward and I would be making the same choice as you, Matt, I would think. Yeah. I think I think Williams offers a higher ceiling. Um, I think that with, with, you know, his injuries have obviously hampered him a lot, but that could improve. Whereas James will continue to get older, uh, that's you know that's a that's a one way ticket. Yeah, Joe, like. Joe Williams will also get get older as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. Exactly. He's, uh, no, Joe Williams he, has got a special. Uh, he's got the special trick of youth, whatever it is. <laughs> but, yeah. he, but he no, will I, never I get older than Matty James. That's yeah, the point. take your point. Um, and it's an interesting one, though, Rob, because take these last two performances out of Joe Williams. Probably we'd be going, mm, not sure about Joe. We know he's potentially got it. Yeah. He's now got to find this level of consistency for the rest of the season. And then I would be amazed if we didn't offer him terms. Obviously, they're going to be reduced from what he's on currently, you would expect. And therefore, yeah. there may very well be clubs, you know, the likes of, I don't know, your Stokes, your West Broms, um, that may still have a little bit of money. And I'm not sure either do now, but that might come in and offer him you know, longer term length contracts or more money. So it will be interesting. I wonder whether the, the lure of staying in Bristol might, might add to it. But Yeah, I, th- I think it'd be, I think it's likely to be probably one year, maybe two years max. Yeah. Right, guys, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the reins back um, from from you two. Uh, just for the record, I would be offering Matty James and Joe Williams a contract uh, and to, Andy Vyman. and Andy Vyman to build yeah. to build the squad and continue to have a bench. Um, I'm, glad, of experience. I'm glad you're not in charge of the money. I got to be yeah, honest. I know. Yeah. Right, um, where are we? Bit of admin, Max O'Leary, 100 Bristol City appearances um, as of last night. So massive congratulations to Max. He's had to wait. He's had to wait patiently uh, for that um, 100th appearance and, and his chance. And he's um, yeah certainly taken it. Matt, you've got your finger in the I, air. I have, because there was another stat that I saw last night where he's now played the most, champ- or sorry, been in the most championship squads for Bristol City, um, right. which is incredible, really, isn't it? When you think, Back oh, to it was over ten know. years ago. His first squad appearance, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, two hundred and eighty-five, Matt. Yeah, it's now been named in more matchday squads in the Championship for Bristol City than any other player. Squads two hundred and thirty-five appearances, eighty-five minutes, seven thousand four hundred and sixty-eight clean sheets, nineteen. Obviously, that will have, have upped from last night. And he's overtaken Marvin Elliott of two three four, Liam Fontaine two two nine, Andy Vyman two oh six. Right. So that's a hell of a stat for yeah you know absolutely I guess slightly slightly different for a keeper isn't it because you know as a number two you sit on the bench kind of thing but yeah, yeah fair fair play to Max absolutely and um, and finally TGH has grown into his squad number he turns twenty two today <laughs> so uh, congratulations <laughs> to yeah. Taylor Gardner Hickman on his birthday right um so the starting lineup last night just for the record there was one change it was naki wells coming in for tommy conway so we lined up max o'leary george tanner zach viner rob dickey cam pring joe williams taylor gardner hickman sykes knight mametti and naki wells up top on the bench Badgick, knight labelle james cornett conway yaboa vyman nelson and bell so on that starting lineup rob uh Tommy Conway coming out, Naki Wells coming in. Any surprise that he changed that starting eleven from Watford? Um, yes and no, really. Um, 
I didn't expect Conway not to be picked, but the logic behind it, totally understandable. You know, Wells is coming back. Um, why not flip reverse it and give Wells the start and Conway come on fresh? No, no problems with me. It sounded like a, a pre-planned substitution anyway that they were each going to get a half. Mm. Um, anything at this time of year in terms of, you know, changing teams to keep things fresh is is fully understandable. Um, so, and I, and I think it's in a position that doesn't necessarily change the dynamic of the team. It's not like you're pulling out a centre half and giving it, you know, a new partnership at the back or anything like that. So I think it was a, you know, absolutely fair call. Okay. Uh, I didn't really see much out of either, to be honest, in terms of um, product from Wales or Conway, but that that's the whole game, isn't it? It wasn't it wasn't that sort of game last night. But okay. right, let's get into the minutes then. Uh, eighth minute, Matt. It's a corner well won after a decent build up. It was TGH out to Sykes and a decent ball in. Um, and City sort of started out really well. I thought. Yeah, we 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 were on the front foot, um, looking to get at them. Um, I think we struggled with some of our passing last night. It was either over hit or under hit, but yeah, no, it was a, it was a decent start. And we needed minute. we needed to because we knew that they weren't going to be confident. And if we could have, mm. I genuinely think if we'd got an early goal, and I said it didn't I before the yeah. game, we got an early goal, I could see it being a comfortable night because I think the crowd would have turned. We just couldn't do it, could we? So yeah, that was a good point. Yeah, it's um. Obviously, we know what 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 Birmingham are going through at the moment, and there was already rumours circulating of uh, uh, Steve um, Cooper, Cooper yeah. waiting yeah. in the wings for Rooney to have a defeat um, and come in. So, yeah, an early goal would have was certainly certainly turned it a bit toxic, but uh, didn't happen. Twelfth minute, Rob, neat move, good turn from Wells on the edge of the box, really incisive, strong pass to Tanner. Um, gives it to Sykes, Sykes to TGH, into Wells again. He swivels, looks impeded, swipes at it. It kind of goes up in the air and Mehmeti glances the header wide. So a really good move. Um, you would have seen the replay up close on Robin's TV. Was there any shout of a penalty or, or what? And obviously Mehmeti's just not got enough power on the header. Yeah, much much to do about nothing, really. Um, there, there was nothing that stood out as, as to being sort of a blatant penalty or anything like that. Um, and in terms of Mometi's header, I think probably not only himself, but the rest of us, I don't think anyone really believed there was going to be, um, you know, some sort of bullet header into the bottom corner or anything like that. It, it, to be honest, that set the standard for the rest of the game. I don't, I don't think there was an awful lot to really get overexcited about in terms of clear chances. You'll, you'll talk about another header later, but, yeah, it just it, it was all just a bit scrappy, to be honest, at that point. Yeah, 22nd minute, another good build-up play. Uh, Sykes crosses former Meti, who heads, but not enough power on it. Um, but great quick passing, started by Tanner, Matt, with a forward pass from Tanner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Very good, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, it was on, it was interesting because um, it, Mehmeti, was the one getting on the end of the header for the second time in, in 10 minutes. And you kind of want Jason Knight on the end of that. Yeah. I mean, I guess he's, 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 as you said earlier on about the the kind of free role almost, but 
you know, for him to come inside, you, you, you wouldn't put anything, you wouldn't put your garden shed, let alone your house on, on Annie scoring a header, would you? From a cross like that, he just didn't look comfortable with it. Um, and the shame was, had that been Tommy, Naki, or as you say, Knight, you'd have expected them, well, you'd expect them to be on target for one, whether, you know, Ruddy would have saved them, who knows? But yeah, two, two very, very good opportunities. Yeah. Okay, 26 minute, Williams pings one out to Sykes. Excellently controlled and the ball into Wales is dealt with by Ruddy. Um, this was Rob, you know, we saw this on numerous occasions in the Watford game and also last night with Williams with some really nice technique passes. Um, on this on this occasion, he's got out to Sykes, who's really well wide. Um, and he actually brings it down really well as well. It was, it was one of those ones that was sort of clawed out of the air and, and into his stride for Sykes. Um, yeah, but Ruddy, Ruddy was equal to it. And I just wondered on on that occasion whether Wells should be looking to cut across Ruddy rather than wait for it to sort of come through him because he's a big lad. Yeah, it's... Um, and those are the choices that strikers got to make, isn't it? But it's also... You know, you got to, got to understand that Wells has been out of the team. Um, so he's not played with Sykes for any period of time since Manning has taken the reins. So there, there's this whole thing about familiarity and understanding what the person delivering the ball is going to do and therefore which run do I make, where, you know, where do I look to get in. Um and I guess there's just an element of indecision and it ends up being neither one nor the other um, that may become in time a bit more instinctive or a bit more planned. I, last night overall just felt like that cohesion uh, and this isn't down to Wells coming into the team, just all round. It, was, it just felt a bit off last night, you know, everything that's been good. But as I said right at the outset of, of, the, of the pod, you know, I think we have to be realistic and expect that this isn't just going to be everything goes perfectly. Uh, and last night was just one of those awkward ones. We came across a team that had a different game plan. Uh, it's probably the first time that Manning's team has encountered that. So that'll be a, okay, how do we address that next time? And I think it's just all part of the the growing pains, the learning curve, whatever you want to call it. 39th minute, Matt. Excellent closing down by Joe Williams again. Leads to a breakaway for Jason Knight. He takes the ball on, has a couple of touches, gives it wide to Mametti, who can't get past his man. And I just put a little note here of Mametti should be looking for a threaded ball there, almost sort of running in in behind the defender and a nice through ball from Jason Knight. But he seems to hang back on the on the on the left hand side to wait to receive the ball. He was a little lost last night, Anis, wasn't he? He hadn't shown the same kind of zip and intent that he'd shown in, in the previous couple of games. Um, you're right to call the Joe Williams, um, you know, the, the passenger play there with Joe, who did that all night. He was just so energetic and winning tackles. He just shouldn't have been winning and setting the, the, the playoff. But yeah, Anis needed to do better there. And I actually expected Anis to be subbed at half time because I thought he'd had a, a, a pretty poor first half reading. 41st minute, Rob Knight pokes it through to Sykes. Keeper cuts out the cross. And again, it's similar to the one we've spoken about just before. And I, I wondered if Wells should be coming near post there. He's, it's happened to him like a few minutes prior, um, just trying to get in front of the goalkeeper. 
Um, but yeah, it was Knight on this occasion poking the ball through. He started to come into the game a lot more at that point, Jason Knight. Yeah, and, and again, you know, I think you'll get that from Knight. And uh, again, as we said earlier, he will give you that energy and he will be sort of popping up there, popping up there. You're right, the same thing with with Wells. And, and I go back to what I was just previously saying on that. It, it, it just didn't all join up last night. So you can see you can see they're trying to do the right things. It's just one of those nights where uh, I just don't think it quite quite came together. That that final ball wasn't perhaps quite, you know, it's not just about Wells's run, it's also about is is Sykes giving the right delivery, or is it just a, a sort of a rough delivery in the right area rather than picking Wells out? So there, there's arguments either way, really. No, because of all the Ross McCrory and George Tanner chat, we forgot to do our talk club check-in. So uh, oh, we're, show, yeah. we're at half time. Before I read the half time summary, Rob, how are you at ten? I'd, I'd say I'm a, a solid seven. Okay. It's uh, holiday blues. Holiday blues, one hundred percent. But you know, it's it's another another day off. City is still unbeaten. Um, so yeah, it's, it's okay. Okay, Matt. I'm joining Rob on a solid seven. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm going to go eight. Uh, it's. I don't know what day it is. Again, I think <laughs> I think state today, mate. is it right? There we yeah. are. Um, actually, I'm going off to watch Mangotsfield um, this afternoon. Three o'clock kickoff. Can't remember who they're playing, but uh, love going to watch Mangotsfield up close and personal on the side of the pitch with a point in hand. Um, non-league football at its best. So uh, like, being, like to... being at Ashton Gate for you, that isn't it. <laughs> no, I can't have a pint in sight of the uh, in sight of the green green grass of home, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, looking forward to that. I can't remember the last time I touched my work laptop, which is a good thing. Uh, and still, what is it? Three or four more days of that. So, eight out of ten. Dent Magic, your Bristol-based car body repair company. Visit us at Cribs Causeway or Central Bristol, or we can even come to you with our mobile service at your home or workplace. Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. Right, um, the halftime summary, sponsored by our bespoke quizzes. It's been a fairly scrappy game in which we've shaded it. Solid enough, out of possession, but a lot less incisive than recent in possession. We're just not stringing enough passes together. And whilst we don't, Birmingham are staying in the game. Feels like we need a reset and a refocus at halftime, lacking any real quality up until now. Let's hope we can find our groove again in the second half and put a poor-looking Birmingham to the sword. Just need to enforce what's been working well and get focused on it. Matt, your thoughts on Rob Blamey's halftime summary? Very accurate. Yep. Saw the same game that I saw, so yeah. <laughs> I thought I was expecting something a lot more cutting, seeing as he sat there looking at you. No, not at all. No, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I do often agree with what Rob says um, with the halftime summaries, and yeah, he, he he's spot on. I think the reset, I I because I obviously read Rob's halftime summary at halftime, and I was thinking, yeah, let's hope that's the case because it needs something slightly different. So yeah, yeah no, spot on. So there was a change um, at halftime. Rob Conway coming on for Wells, and uh, Robin's TV I think revealed that that was planned. Yeah, exactly that. That's what McCrory said. So, yeah, no no problem with that. I think it's a good way to get Wells back into it. 
Um, I can't remember who I was listening to the other day, but it was um, one of the Premiership guys talking about uh, Nkunku coming back for Chelsea. And they, they were talking about, is it, you know, when you're coming back, is it better to come off the bench or is yes. it better to start? And and, and the, it was a good point about, actually, when you get to start, particularly when you're coming back from an injury, you gain the confidence of the pre-match warm-up and you feel ready to take take part in the action from the same level as everyone else. Whereas when you're coming on um, as a sub coming back from injury, everyone else is already warmed up to the game and you're you're coming on more cold. So it's, it's a good way to approach it. If they knew, right, we want 45 minutes on a you know, level footing with everybody else and then Conway can come on. It, I, I think strategically it was a good choice. As I said, it just didn't happen for us full stop last night. Interesting one, that, Matt, isn't it? I I think some players are better coming on as subs and some players are better starting. It's all a mindset thing, I'm sure, but, yeah, it's a it's an interesting quandary. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was Pearson that talked about starters and finishers, but I, I absolutely see what Rob's saying there. Um, I think if I was Naki, I would have preferred to have started um, as opposed to coming on at kind of half-time, so, yeah. Uh, and then another change, 56 minute, because not a lot happened between 56 and 46. Uh, Weinman on for Mehmeti. So I think, Matt, you mentioned that you thought Mehmeti might come off at halftime, but 10 minutes later, he does. Yeah, and no surprise. Um, he just didn't, he, he couldn't find that that zip, that quality. Didn't really get beyond his man with his kind of trickery, did he? I can't remember too many crosses that he put in. So... Um, it was a case of whether it would be Andy coming on or, or Sam Bell for me. Um, and obviously he opted for Andy Vyman, which, you know, again, and Andy after his goal at um, Watford on Tuesday would have been buoyed with that. So, you know, you, you would have thought would have wanted to come on and make an impact. Yeah. Especially in Birmingham where he was uh, where well he loved. Well loved, certainly from some of the chances. Uh... <laughs> right, 58th minute, uh, Williams wins the ball again and Conway away down the left-hand side. Visions of Boxing Day, Rob, but unfortunately it's cut out for a corner, uh, which is ultimately cleared. And I think we've seen, we saw quite a few corners for Bristol City last night and whether it was Birmingham defending them well or us not delivering them well, I'm not sure, but we didn't have a lot of joy. Um, no. But yeah, there we go. Yeah, no, it was, like you say, they didn't really ever feel that we were posing any major threat from corners yesterday, which was a bit of a shame. But again, symptomatic of the the whole match, really. It's just just things weren't happening uh, in the same way that they have been of, of late. Uh, Rooney rolled the dice on the 62nd minute with a triple substitution. Uh, and then we make another double substitution. Uh, Bell on for Sykes, Williams off um and James on so not only one note really in the in the what was it 30 minutes of the second half and they're all you know substitutions Rob well yeah exactly um it's uh, and unfortunately this this is a difficulty that was the game that we saw there just wasn't an awful lot happening um I, I'm probably with Matt on what he said you know who to take off, should it be in TGH, not Williams. Um, what were we talking, 75th, 80th minute? 74th, um, sub. 74th, was it? 
Yeah, Williams, Williams off, James on, Bell on, yeah. Sykes off, 74. So, you know, at that point, I guess it's down to who's got more left in the tank. Uh, and that may have been why they went that way round. Yeah, Matt, um, you weren't you weren't particularly happy with Williams coming off, were you? No, I wasn't. Um, you obviously talked about the the, the stats and looking at the the GPS figures and things like that, um, which I get. But you also have to look at the game and what's in front of you. And Joe Williams still had bags of energy. He was the one driving forward. TGH was blowing a bit. So it, it for for me the obvious one was. Um, TGH out of those two, um, maybe. Yeah, I, yeah. No, I, I, I didn't, I didn't see it last night. I thought it was the wrong decision. Um, Bell, on the other hand, uh, not that Sykes wasn't, you know, having joy, but Bell, I think Rob, he took his opportunity last night. Yeah, um, and he, he's one who has drifted in terms of his form and potency. you know, for probably a good month or so now. So understandable again very young still finding his way I think he's probably one that suited the way Pearson wanted to play um more explosive uh less touches that that kind of impact player um and he is one that is going to have to adjust to a more possession-based game um, but he's, you know, he's got talent and he's got time and he will come again. Mm. And yeah, yesterday, I think there were some some more promising signs that, you know, little reminder, yes, he does still or can still carry a threat. But no no rush, you know, he's, he's there, he's part of the squad. And, and as I said, I'm sure he'll come again. Matt, there was a fantastic moment right in front of us uh, in the 78th minute. It was campering with two lots of closing down. Yeah. In the 78th minute, to to not only close down once, but close down twice, win the ball and get across away was uh, athletic personified. Yeah, it was. I, I was worried with the second of those challenges because you, you had the vision of him going in a little bit late and foot up. And would he get away with it? But he did. He did win the ball. Absolutely brilliant, um, especially so sort of late in the game. And then he just didn't find the right cross. I think Andy Vyman had pulled back to the edge of the area, or Tommy Conway, one of the two. Um, and and he didn't find the right cross. But no, it was great. It was great play from Cam. Yeah, seventy ninth minute, Rob half chance for Vyman after Jason Knight on the edge of the box, like kind of bends it goalwards. Um, and it just needs a touch from Andy Vyman, but it, on closer inspection, it actually goes out for a should have been a corner, but a corner wasn't given. I think Andy was quite incensed by that. Yeah, he, he was, but I was more incensed with the fact that he missed the ball um, <laughs> and, and should have scored, really. Um, the, the cross was there on a plate. He will have been frustrated that he's not connected to turn it in. Uh, and probably that that frustration was then, well, okay, well, frustrated didn't get a corner because he's frustrated he hasn't scored, I think. Um, it was a very presentable chance. You can, you can understand, you know, you, nobody's perfect, but he he will he will know that all he needed to do was get, you know, half a contact on it and it's probably going in. That's the sort of chance that we've seen Andy Vyman convert in the past. He's just got a knack of kind of getting 
getting the right body shape and getting the right flick on the ball and, and things like that. But And then a couple of minutes later, Matt, is uh, Bell getting the cross in. And it wasn't Gaza in Euro 96, but Andy Weiman was sort of sliding in and it just came across a bit too quick for him. Yeah, Belly, Belly does really well. He, he he just plays it. I mean, yeah, we often, as fans say about it, just play it hard and low across the box. And that's exactly what he does. Um, unfortunately, there was no one there with the, the, the touch, was it? But, mm. um, you know, similarly, Tommy at Watford plays a ball like that and it ends up with an own goal. So, well, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm not critical of Sam Bell at all there. He, he did well to get the ball over. Um, I think I think the difference with the, the Watford one, though, was that Sykes was there yeah, ready, ready the to, pressure. to score. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas there wasn't the presence, and that was that was the difference. I mean, Conway's Conway's at Watford. Almost the cross was that good, and the the position of Sykes was that good that the, the goal was choice, inevitable. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the 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 banter, continual banter between the Birmingham fans and the City fans, right in the corner where we were. Um, was relentless, quite frankly. I'm sure a lot of the City fans were there to have a conversation with the Birmingham fans more so than watch the game, I felt. But um, there was a really funny moment in the 89th minute, um, Sunjik shot from distance, and it hits a sort of the the stanchion bit that keeps the net high at the back and then bounces along the back of the goal. And for for me, even looking at it, I thought it was a goal. I thought, I, I can't believe this. We've lost this, this game. Um, and the Birmingham fans celebrated and were taunting the City fans. And then you realise it's not a goal. Um, so fantastic, fantastic moment, Matt, uh, in the 89th minute. I, I definitely thought it was a goal. And and what was funny, Patch, as well, is that um, your, one of your nephews said in the car, didn't they, the way last night, what what was the goal rolled out for? <laughs> yeah. We were like, well, because it didn't go in the net. Um, but yeah, I I thought it was because, as you say, we're we're at the far end. Um, it goes very very close to the post, so it makes you think. But then immediately, because of hitting the back and then hitting the back of the net from behind, mm. yeah, you're just like, um, oh, how have we lost this? Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was one lad that was still celebrating even after we kicked off in <laughs> the Birmingham sort of, you know, yeah. yeah. No, there was some, there was some good taunts last night. Um, it does amaze me though, I, again, the modern game, but you've got these young lads who can't be any older than 15, 16, uh, you know, g- giving it the Billy Biggin to meet you outside afterwards in, yeah, you're like, lads, come on. Yeah. Okay, right, Matt, that took us to the end of the game. It is a point. It is a clean sheet. Um, unfortunately, not a win to carry on that fantastic run, but we are still unbeaten. We are still well-placed in the league. Um, how did you see the game in terms of ratings? And how did everyone else see it? Yes, okay. So um, in terms of the ratings that have come in um, and the the were because it was slightly later last night we put it out. Mm. So the the average rating from everybody um, that put in was 6.28, and that ranged from... He says, as he sorts it. <clears throat> ranged from 6.05 from Tim Knowles up to 6.65. So 6.65 okay. being the, the highest rating last night, which, yeah... Um, so again, 
I deliberately left it until this morning, A, because it was late, and, and B, because I didn't want to kind of over be overly critical. But then to the same extent, I do genuinely feel you've got to look at the opposition and the way they played and where they are currently in their setup as well. So yeah, that's kind of the basis. So Max, you also, went, Matt, you can also on, look at you can also look at the fact from a different way round how out of form the opposition is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what and that's what I mean. So mm. when you compare Hull, Sunderland, Watford, um, three very good teams, um, two of which were on very good form great results last night you had a team completely out of form um and also by their their own manager's admission set up for a clean sheet and lots of comments around Birmingham being the poorest side we've seen um when actually and it shows perhaps how far they've come that they, they were probably up there within the top three teams we've seen this season at Ashton Gate um I think we're fifth um, when John Eustace left, and now we're what eighteenth and nineteenth. So, do you, do you know what's ironic about that is that Rooney was brought in because they wanted to be playing attacking front. Exactly the flair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. So yeah, so that 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 comes into it. Um, so anyway, so so Max, I've gone six. Um, it it can't be any more than that because he didn't really have anything to do. His distribution was okay, but it wasn't even as if there were lots of crosses coming into the box. So, um, for me, yeah, Max can't be anything other than the six. Um, and I, you know, re- really like James Piercy, um, but I, I was surprised at James's ratings last night. There, I think of the four at the back, Campring, and I'm, you might have to keep me honest here, Patch, but I think Campring got six and the others got seven. Um, Whereas Campering was the pick for me of the back four last night. Um, so I went seven for Cam and I went sixes for Rob, George and Zach. The reason for the sixes is, again, I didn't think um, we had lots to contend with defensively. I thought George did well defensively. Same with, with Rob and with Zach. I didn't think Rob was as good on the ball last night as he's been in recent games. I thought he deliberated a little bit and that bit and had to turn back inside and that that may have been a game because the way I'm sure it was the way Birmingham set up the the space wasn't there although Cam seemed to have a lot of space in the first half that we didn't find so yeah so I I went three sixes for those and and a seven for Cam because of his attacking intent so Um, Rob what are your your thoughts on that because I I, I, I disagree disagree. funny enough enough, I, I go three three sixes and one seven Totally the same as Matt, but actually my seven was Dicky. Yeah, and it's interesting, Rob, because I, again, and I know obviously you know we did not be, be be there last night, but I genuinely the amount of time that for me Dicky got the ball and couldn't find that pass, and if he did, it wasn't in the way that it was Saturday. So I wouldn't I wouldn't dispute that, and if if I think Pat, you I was three three sevens and an eight. Yeah, so I would I would definitely. I mean, there's no way Cam's an eight. But um, yeah, I don't think a, anyone's a an eight, and I know yeah. you're getting one. But I, I mean, he's, I he's he's offered Tom Ritchie and Jerry Sweeney new contracts as well. I don't know if you've heard, Rob, but <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm going. I'm I'll, I'll happily go seven for Rob, seven for Cam, and two sixes for Zach and George. Um, and if you agree with that, Rob, then Patch can. Yeah, I can What? So what would you have gone, Patch? Eight for Cam. Seven. seven for Rob, seven for Zach, and seven for George. Yeah, wow. I, I think 
I think on a on a nil nil that they've not had an awful lot to do. Yeah, or they have. They've had things to do, and they've kept a clean sheet as well. Yeah, we, yeah. we didn't. You were there. You were there. We didn't. <laughs> so let's not. Yeah, I, I think keep your eight powder dry, mate. For yeah, for, for better games. Well, it's not. It's not my ratings anyway. Carry on. <laughs> it, it very much is. I just give the initial. But yeah, no way is it an eight. Um, so mid midfield. I don't know why Alexa's going off. Hang on two seconds. Um. So midfield, I've gone, um, and I haven't kept my my powder dry. I've gone an eight for Joe Williams because I thought he was head and shoulders above anything else that we had. Um, Nighty, I've gone six. Sykes, I've gone six. Taylor Gardner Hickman, I've gone six. No, I'd have I'd have gone all of those six, but I'm not giving an eight. Joe, Joe Williams a six. No, 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 no. Oh, right. I, I, I give I'll give Williams the differential. Right, but I okay. wouldn't have got. I wouldn't have gone to an eight again. Oh. You know, yes, he's been. The way I look at it is, what was he? Was he done for an eight? You know, was he? Was he created? Was he scored? So I, I think, yeah, 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 but I don't, I don't know, I don't know that he's in there for the create and the score. I do genuinely think what he was doing last night in terms of breaking the play up, setting it off, um, and I just thought his all round energy. So I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, Rob. No, um, I think it was I think good. It's definitely a seven. It's one of those, oh. and again, when I was talking last night, he's more of an eight than a six for me. Um, right. From from that point of view. Um, yeah. So maybe, yeah, average seven. I think but... he's an eight. Right, okay. I'll let, I'll let you have it. I'll let you have it. But, <laughs> Thank you. Very yeah, kind. I, I definitely But three got... sixes for the others? Yeah, I agree. I yeah, agree. I, I wouldn't have given any eights last night. That's my point. Um, yeah. I think you'd add, you'd add two or three sevens and, a, and the rest probably sixes because it was just... A sort of a bit of a meh game, wasn't it? it was yeah, yeah. Like, um, but no, he, yeah, him, him and Dicky for me were the standouts. Um, and I know you, you and City's man of the match, wasn't it? Online was yeah, Williams, Williams as well, yeah. so I've got no problem yeah. with that. Okay, Duke. Um, forward wise, I've gone three sixes for Andy Vyman, Tommy Conway, Naki Wells. I thought all worked hard, put a shift in. Um, just didn't you mean come Mimetti? off. No, so I've gone those three. Mimetti, I've left, and I left Mimetti. I've gone five for Anis, but then he was the one that got in on those chances and coming in. He, and that's the bit that's making me go. Actually, mm. was he any worse than Tommy Naki? Um, he did create those opportunities. So I've kind of changed my mind a little bit and think he's probably a six. Um, I'm not sure anyone was was necessarily worthy of a five because I do think they put a shift in. So for all of those, Mimetti, Vyman, Conway, Naki, I went sixes. Yep. Happy yeah. with that? Yeah. Okie doke. So on that basis, the Avarage. So if we do go with um, seven for Dickey um, and eight for Joe Williams and a seven for Cam, then we are looking at an average of 6.31. And if I'd have got you down to a seven on Williams, I'd have been spot on. Let's have a look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if it had been seven for Joe, it would have been 6.23. So not not quite, Robert. Close. Yeah, that was my, I think I was 6.23, wasn't I? 
I don't yeah. I didn't see your rating to be fair, mate. But... Oh, I gave it to you verbally last night. Uh, six uh, point... One of them was it? Yeah. 6.31 was it? Uh, 6.22, <laughs> 6. I think it was. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Um, right. Um, good stuff. And, and for, Manning? For Manning, I've gone six. Um, okay. I thought, yeah, you know, he. I didn't, I didn't think he got the sub right with, with Joe Williams, but um, I did like, again, what he said afterwards about him liking the players being in there and disappointed. Um, he, he, he talks a very, very good game. I think says the right things. And, um, you know, I, I do, I do genuinely feel we are moving in the right direction. As you said, right at the start patch, 10 points from 12 points and difficult games against Hull, Sunderland and Watford. We'd have absolutely snatched your hand off with that. And as I say, and yet there were fans booing last night. I which, think the fans could learn a lot from you know. from Manning and his reaction to games. Yeah, agreed. You know, yeah. never gets never gets too carried away, never gets too despondent. Yeah. Takes every event as a learning opportunity. Even when yeah. we win, he still wants to learn and be better. Um, just support the team. It's, it's quite straightforward. It's you, you know, unless we're getting battered every week, we, we never exactly lose that, by too many goals. If yeah. when we lose. So uh, just enjoy but, it and get behind the team. But also, it's 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 the championship. So you know, you, you you look last night. I mean, we we absolutely battered West Brom when we played them here, didn't we? But you know, they're they're flying now. They beat, excuse me, beat Leeds last night. You've got teams, you know, Blackburn losing the game. I would think he's absolutely on the the realms of getting us the sack. Ipswich drawing the QPR last night. Norwich mm. losing again. So. You know, Rotherham drawing with Sunderland. There aren't any easy games in this league. Um, and even when you look at the the kind of bottom of the table, Rotherham probably are a team you'd expect to be down there. Chef Wednesday, QPR, Huddersfield, not, you know, teams that you know can get results. So we sit, what are we now, ninth? No, eighth. Eighth, 36 points. Um, Hull in sixth on 39 points. Um, with a better goal difference. So admittedly, you know, that's probably, but yeah, this is exactly where probably the three of us, I'm not even sure we said we would expect to be here. This is kind of what we hoped. Optimistic. Yeah, top 10, pushing for a playoff place. We can maintain this towards the end of the season. Happy days for me. But those three wins immediately get fans talking about, well, when McCrory comes back. And I did it myself, saying, well, we're, Mm -hmm. you know, actually, you look at third place, we're not a million miles from that. Because you do get carried away with it. But you're right, Patrick, you know, Manning, right, let's let's settle down. Let's not get too high. Let's not get too low. Mm. Um, Hopefully, we can make some early signings if we're going to make any, and then they can get bedded in early. I, you know, I really hope what business we do, we do early. Yeah, that, they're looking at the the table. The well, Leicester are flying. Ipswich and Southampton now as well, joining them fifty four fifty one. It's kind of lead down really, um, all to play for. Um, so so yeah, and and looking and- looking down as well, down to fourteenth. Fourteenth yeah. is only two two points. It, exactly. You look at Leeds, who've, who've been absolutely flying, and yet have lost two games on the banks in Preston mm-hmm. and West Brom. So, who's had the better Christmas? Uh, my I kids. Don't what, I don't know what they got. To be fair, yeah. I mean, Leeds <laughs> players might have got new cars and stuff. I don't know, but yeah. Um, right, Millwall on New Year's Day only. What's the, it's like two days time. Yeah, absolutely mental. <laughs> it's flying past us. Um, 
what do you do starting lineup, Rob? Do you keep it the same and interchange Conway and Wells or? Um, interesting, isn't it? Uh, I think, I think you probably bring Conway back. If if I'm honest, um, I didn't really see that much from Wells yesterday. Whereas actually, when he came on last couple of times, I think Wells did add something because he he brought some cohesion at times where it was needed. Um, it's interesting about who who are the players that are expending the most energy because that's surely got to be coming into the thinking. Um, you mentioned about Bell um, showing up well when he came on yesterday. He will be fresh, you know. Is it is it worth him being one of the wide starters? Um, you know, just to mix it up and get 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 Mametti coming on later. So it, there are options clearly. Um, mm. It's going to come down to who's in the middle of the park. Obviously, night starts. Um, who are the other two? I'd like to continue as we are, but if either Williams or TGH are tailing off because they've done a hell of a lot of work recently and perhaps don't have the engine quite to the level that Knight does, one of them might need a rest just just purely based on the, the run of fixtures. Fullbacks we can't do anything about right now. Um, so I think it is only potentially sort of midfield and up front where any changes might occur. Yeah, Matt, Conway, Wells, Bell, Mametti, a few choices to be made. Also in the middle of the park, Williams, James, Taylor Gardner, Hickman. It'd be interesting to see whether he starts with James, actually, on, um, yeah, what day will it be? Monday. Um, that wouldn't surprise me. I I, I would go Conway to start. Um, and, and actually, we're, we're kind of talking Bell, Mametti. He seems to favour Andy Vyman on that that left hand side yeah, yeah so he course, might yeah. he might start Andy Vyman um over over Anis um I'd like I'd like him to stick with Anis especially with the home crowd and because of what he's done recently with his confidence I don't think one um one game not at the level of his last two warrants him necessarily not starting and I certainly don't think he's got any issue in terms of fitness or anything so yeah we'll excuse me we'll, we'll it will be interesting to see Joe Bryan coming back to Ashton Gate. He was on the bench uh, last night for for Mill. I don't know whether he's played at Ashton Gate for an yeah, opposing sure he team. Is. Well, he, he was at Fulham from 2018 to 2023, and they would have been in they would have been in the championship for one of those I'm, seasons at least. I'm, I'm sure that him and Bobby Reed played in 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 a game and both got booed. Um, oh, I think we I'm had this discussion, sure. didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, yeah. sure they have. Yeah. But, well, uh, Bobby Reed did and Joe didn't. I yeah, think might have been the situation. Well, let's hope that there's just because no... Bobby Reed went to Cardiff, he got the okay. he got more of the, <laughs> the pointed tongue, didn't he? Than yeah, than Joe Bryan, I think. Well, anyway, Joe Bryan, welcome back to Ashton Gate. Hopefully, there's not yeah. any booze, and hopefully, he doesn't play well or score. Do it like they've come on. Do it like they've done with um, who, who was it that? Um, came back recently. Is it Pato? Yeah, it might have been. Got great. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Got great applause and then got booed as he was taking the corner kind of thing. <laughs> so I've got no problem with that that kind of you know tongue-in-cheek humour, isn't it? So, yeah. Okay, right. We will leave it there. Any final bits of messaging from either of you? Any Anything to Just say? wish everybody a, a happy new year. 
Um, Absolutely. Last podcast of the year. This one, the last podcast of the year. Yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a good end of the year, hasn't it? So let's hope that continues into to 2024. I will, I will say as well, and um, you could choose to edit this or not, mate. But Christ. halftime. No, 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 it's not as bad as it seems. But halftime, Birmingham obviously did the the, the remembrance for for fans um, that have passed away. But it went on for literally crazy, the entire halftime. I, I just can't made... believe that many that many names. No, it, it's it, scary. It, it was it was exactly that. It was scary. I mean, it, there must have been. Am I being un- like two hundred? Two hundred. I was going to say, and I think that's conservative patch as well because it it was literally the entire halftime break. Mm. The match they announced it was just reading names, wasn't he? And they were being scrolled up, which is something I think is a really good touch from any club. Mm. Um, I know we're we're planning to do it. I think on the the um, is it New Year's Day or the Watford game? No, so I think it's uh, I think it's a bit later. Huddersfield, I think. Oh, is it? I heard Downs you say uh, on the. Ah, right. Yeah. I know. I know we're planning to do it. Last I, game I of do... the season. Home. Oh, is it right? Okay, I do. I do like that touch. Um, but yeah, certainly. Um, it it made you think, wow, like you know, for those those many fans to have passed away in the the year, um, yeah, it almost felt like it was kind of the whole of Birmingham as opposed to I'm not making light of it at all. It was just the fact the sheer volume of of number of fans. It was like, yeah. wow, yeah, yeah. Um, and fair play to Birmingham yesterday. I thought the the, the fireworks and fanfare at the start was fantastic. It was. Flames and pyro, and then fireworks down the other end. I, I don't, don't know about the bloke switching the lights on and off. He must have got a bit bored with that. <laughs> well, trying to be. Uh, is it, I had is visions it, of the floodlights failing because someone had kept flicking the switch, kind of thing. But, yeah. Is it Spurs who do that sort of light show before a game? Yeah. Oh, is it? I don't know. Yeah, yeah I quite liked it. Um, yeah. But there we are. Uh, yeah, happy new year to everybody. Thanks for listening for to us throughout 2023. We recorded our. Three Peaks regular show Christmas special um, a couple of days ago, episode 201. If you like your street food and a bit of banter, then that's the podcast for you to have a listen to, something a bit different. Um, Chef Anton, uh, James Mitchell from Gert Wings, and Mark Powell from Ice Cream Tacos have been stalwarts on the regular show for almost six years now. And um, when we get together, it's uh, it's uh, quite, quite good fun. So, um, yeah, have a listen to episode 201 as well. Anything from you, Rob? No, all, all good, thank you. Um, Any New Year's quizzes coming up, Rob? <laughs> well, I, funny enough, I did one this week, um, two nights ago, which was a Christmas special at the Windmill in Portishead. Uh, that was brilliant, really, really well attended, um, closely fought, as always, a team called the Drunken Elves won. Um, I'm then moving on to um, my next one that I'm doing is back to sort of a uh, non-themed format, if you like, at the Ring of Bells in Nailsey on Tuesday, the 9th of January. Um, So that'll be the next one. And then I think from February, we'll be picking up the weekly quizzes at the Windmill again every Thursday. So if if you're on the horizon, a bit of a hiatus during January obviously a very quiet month but there is as I said there is one on January the 9th at the Ring of Bells in Nailsey which again always seems to be very well attended and that'll be a, 
a regular quiz. Um, I think th- I think pubs, Rob. Maybe there's something for you to mention. They should do make a little bit more effort during dry January. It is as a, for a lot of people, flip it on its head and do yeah. you know, sausage yeah. and chips or you know something a little well, bit different. Yeah, funny enough. Funny enough, I was chatting to somebody about that yesterday. Um, the with the windmill, that's um, they're Fuller's operated, and they they have a sort of a blanket approach, if you like, from from Fuller's. So I'm probably not going to have the ear of the MD of Fuller's, but um, well, you listen to a City fan, <laughs> yeah. But um, certainly, um, with regards to the Ring of Bells and Nelsy. I, th- I think it's a, it's a good idea, actually. Um, to, Something yeah. a bit different, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Don't have to like, all be about drinking when you go to the pub. I'm sure many nah, would disagree. Basket, but... <laughs> you know, basket meals or or what have you. Yeah, so, so we said it's quite funny. We we're chatting about that yesterday. Right. So uh, yeah, what, watch this space. But no, all all going well. Um, the the only other shout out really, which is quite a random one, was the fact that I was a guest on Radio Humberside the other week whilst away in Fuerteventura, speaking as a preview as a City fan about the whole game. That was really good. Ah, right. How yeah. on earth did that come about? Where did they, did so, they hear you on three peeps or she? No. <laughs> well, mate, no. They um they they got me from the the BBC radio um, Ah right, okay. You know, whatever they call it, a directory and and happened to bring I was about to go to a music quiz at the Happy Mondays bar in in uh Coletta de Fust in Fuerteventura and they they rang me up literally as I was about to walk out the door of the apartment to go to the quiz and said oh you know I would I like to appear we're doing a preview show and I said yeah I'm on holiday it's absolutely fine but um you know I'm happy to do it and 10 minutes after the music quiz finished which we won um I was then phoned by Radio Humberside and spent 10 to 15 minutes on their show talking right. about the the whole game which which is really good actually really good good questioning from the guy who who runs the show um talked about the happy mondays bar asked if bez was there and whether they did a cocktail called twisting my melon which funny enough they did um which the which the happy mondays bar then gave me after i'd come off the radio so no, it was all, all good fun. Um, but yeah, you said at the outset about holiday blues. Haven't I ever got holiday blues at the moment? It has just been wind and rain relentlessly since yeah. I've come back. Yeah. Okay, right. Let's roll on to New Year's Day. Um, Happy New Year, everybody. We'll be back on the 2nd of January, I assume, um, uh, to, to to preview, review even. You've got what, previews on the mind now with your <laughs> hull and your humber side uh, to review hull up. Uh, Oh, Millwall. Um, let's leave it there. End 2023. Yeah. Happy yeah. New Year, everybody, and uh, have a great night in New Year's Eve. Take care, everyone. Cheers for listening. Take Cheers. Care,
Jealous green.